This episode of Grease the Polls is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can bet $5 on any sport and win $200 in free bets instantly. All you need to do is sign up with the link in the description, and you'll get $200 instantly after you place your first bet of $5 or more. Everyone could use some extra betting money, so don't let this opportunity go to waste. And with that, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Grease the Polls. First of all, hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving, Black Friday if you went shopping, Cyber Monday if you sat inside and shopped. Uh, I, for one, was extremely hungover on Thanksgiving, and it wasn't until Sunday night at 8.20 p.m. that my hangover finally dissipated, and I got to watch the Eagles run for 363 yards, end Aaron Rodgers' career, and get into an opposing player's head so much that he was forced to flip off the entire stadium. Um, Of course, the Eagles moved to 10 and one 40 to 33 win over green Bay Um, completely cured my hangover. I, I, I I was, I was, you know, I was just singing. I I felt like uh, the healthiest man on earth after watching that game. (laughs) Um, But obviously, you know, it starts with the rushing game. Like I already mentioned 363 yards. Um, you know, I like watching it from the stadium up on the big screen. You know, they show like the team statistics, and once it got to like 250 rushing yards, you're like, oh damn, we we're really fucking running all over this team. And then it got to 300, and you're like, are we gonna are we gonna rush for 400 yards in this game? Are we are we gonna set an NFL record tonight? Um, lo and behold, we pretty much set an Eagles record. They haven't rushed for that many yards since 1948. Um, couldn't tell you one player that was on that team, um, and. You know, Jalen Hurts obviously led the way with 150. Miles Sanders had a, a buck 30 as well. Um, can anyone can anyone stop us on the ground, guys? I just want I just want your take on it. I mean, pretty plain and simple. Uh, no, uh, we we've seen it over the past couple seasons now under Nick Sirianni with Jalen Hurts under center with Miles Sanders, of course. And I mean, we just really are an unstoppable force. And of course, it comes down to that talent behind the line of scrimmage but also comes to the guys up front. Those offensive linemen uh, are just, we had, you know, we had some struggles against the Colts. You know, people were like, is this really the best offensive line in football? And uh, I mean, we went up against a pretty solid Packers defense and we ran the ball all over them. Like you said, Jalen Hurts, 150 odd rushing yards with 150 passing yards. Uh, I don't think anybody has ever done that in the history of the NFL. Jalen Hurts is quite literally making history on a nightly basis in an Eagles uniform. It's ridiculous. Not only is the team putting up historic numbers, he himself is putting up historic numbers. We got guys coming out of the – I mean, we got Kenny G getting in the end zone. I mean, we have like five guys that you can't stop when they have the ball in their hand. It's ridiculous. And I – granted, he's not running the ball, but A.J. Brown is usually one of those guys when he's not puking his guts out before the game to the point where he struggles to hold on to the football, which I had forgotten about that, and I criticized him a little too much. And uh, I feel a little bad now that I, uh, after I got mad at him for, and then I see that picture of him with a popped uh, blood vessel in his eye. I go, maybe I was, maybe I should have thought before I tweeted, which is, uh, you know, maybe something a lot of people should do. But regardless, first of all, all three of us were at that game, which is, I think, rare. That's nice to see. We weren't, we weren't there together. We were all there individually. But that dominance that we saw from the run game, I mean, did, was the place not rocking? Frank. Was the yes or yes? Was it rocking? I was insane. In the link on- it was 
yeah, the, the, it was it was rock it was it was rocking it was shaking it was it was rolling it was it was all the all the good things you want in a in a crowd. Also, want to back up real quick, Brian. You can't name a single member of the 1948 NFL champion Philadelphia Eagles. I knew you were going to do was, this, Frank. Was Steve Van Buren on? That yes, time? Steve right. Van Buren. I thought he was a little later. Come on, I thought he was a little later. My bad. I know. I thought. I was thinking more Chuck Bednarik, and I know Bednarik was like 1960 championship team. He might have been on that 48. I think he was on the 49 but... team, I think. I, 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 who gives a fuck about the 1940s? We're talking about 2022. We're talking about last Sunday when Jalen Hurts officially took the mantle, I, I say, from Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback in the NFC. Nobody else in the NFC can do what he did. He th- th- that offense was humming, and they were just trucking people. It was fantastic. You love to see it. I mean, I, I, you know, AJ Brown, even with the Kano eye, like Mortal Kombat, still you know a force to be reckoned with. Can't wait to see him get fully healthy. I I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was fantastic. I think the thing with you know, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, primetime football. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned on the last podcast how um, Eagles fans, you know, whenever we see a top-tier quarterback on the schedule, uh, especially with Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon as our defensive coordinator, we kind of get a little worried and, you know, kind of like tighten up, thinking maybe, like, are we going to be exposed by this guy? Can we actually stop a, a top-tier quarterback? Um, this was the first time I saw Jalen Hurts go toe-to-toe with an elite guy and – not only keep pace, but outlast him, uh, both on the scoreboard and on the field. I mean, Aaron Rodgers left the game um, with, I don't know, I guess rib or thumb, some some shit. A little bit but, of both. Um, those are the type of performances you need to see from a franchise quarterback. Obviously, like, the postseason is where these guys really make a name for themselves, but primetime football, you're playing the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, an historically great franchise uh, in front of your home crowd, and you put up a performance like that, um, you know, there there will be people who will nitpick and say, oh, I want to see it do it with his arm. I want to see him do this, that, third, whatever. Um, wh- as far as I'm concerned, wins are all that matter. You know, wins are all that matter. No matter how you get it, um, if you get a W in that column, then more power to you. I don't give a shit how you do it. Uh, and Jalen Hurst did it, and that's just another – Another feather in his cap for the potential contract extension talks that will inevitably happen as probably as soon as this offseason, if they're not already happening. Um, and, you know, also another feather in his cap for a potential MVP campaign. Um, you know, you got a lot of eyes on you that night. And, um, man, the kid, he, he really never ceases to amaze me. He, he's been getting better as the season's gone on. And that's like, I mean, what more can you ask for? Really? I mean, not much. Uh, here's the thing about, about Jalen Hurts that I that I love. Not only is he so good, obviously, with his legs, he's improved as a passer. People saying that he wants they want to see him do it with his uh with his arm obviously didn't watch the game because did you not see that beautiful back shoulder fade to Quez Watkins at the goal line for a touchdown? I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a connection like that. Uh, and it was not nearly as attractive. It was not nearly as pretty a play as what Quez Watkins and uh, and Jalen Hurts had on the field 
uh, Jalen Hurts making that play with his arm. I mean, this is a special guy that we've got here in Philadelphia. And I see people out there. I mean, I'm seeing I'm, I'm seeing him being called a running back online right now. And it makes me sick. I had someone, I saw someone literally questioning, someone employed by ESPN questioning if he's even playing quarterback, which he fucking is. And Frank, you're 100% right. He's the best quarterback in the NFC. No doubt in my mind. Aaron Rodgers, we, I mean, you guys said you wanted him put out of his misery. And that's what happened. So you know what? I'm going to celebrate Aaron Rodgers' funeral a little bit. I got a little champagne on ice here. I'm going to go ahead and crack this open. A little Thank ASMR. You. Oh, let's hear it. A little bubble. Oh, nice. No, Ooh. no spillage either. That's perfect. No spillage. You know me. I'm a classy yeah. individual. Great. Here we go. Your class act. Let's get those bubbles going. Yeah. See, and this is what it's all about, guys. This is what it's about: being first place, ten and one, best team in the NFL. Best quarterback in the NFC. I'm not drinking like it's a Super Bowl victory. I'm just having a nice casual glass of Prosecco at this point. But yeah. it's more than earned. It's it is more, more than earned because of what the birds are doing right now. So salute me, familia. Salute to the Eagles. And God bless America because this has been spectacular. Spectacular. Been. Cheers. Yeah, and I don't want to fucking hear that, anybody. Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. Thank mm. you. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And, you know, we always – want to compare, you know, this Eagles team, the past Eagles teams, like, you know, the 2017 team that won the Super Bowl. Um, it's hard not to see all the comparisons. Um, and I think really a big thing for me is they have sustained some injuries as of late, right? And it's still been next man up, similar to how 2017 was, right? We lost a shit ton of guys that year and still the backups came in and played well. So, I want to give a shout out to some of the guys in this, you know, Packers game that stepped up. And first and foremost, Reed Blankenship. Um, after CJ Gardner Johnson went down, um, I mean, I was, I was concerned because I, I wasn't sure what we're even working with in the, the depth at safety. I know we have Kayvon Wallace. I knew we had Blankenship, but he's an undrafted rookie, right? Like, how much can you actually expect from the guy? In his first extended action. He makes one of the most beautiful plays I've ever seen on Aaron Rodgers, jumping a route, baiting a future Hall of Fame quarterback into throwing a pass that he thought was wide open. Obviously, it wasn't because Reed Blankenship came down with it, but it was just such a perfect play. And and granted, he had you know he he had his struggles throughout the game. Let's not say he was perfect, but to make that type of play against Aaron Rodgers as an undrafted rookie, like it's signs like that that just tell me this team is just. I mean, they're just. There's something special going on in Philly, you know. I feel like that with with ever with every potential championship team we have, it just feels like there's something brewing here. And I mean, he's not the only one, right? I mean, we talked about the Colts game last week. You got Linval Joseph and the Dominican Sue coming off their couches and containing arguably the best running back in football, right? Like, how the hell does that happen? Um, it's just shit like that that makes me really believe that this team is on their way to potentially representing the NFC in the Super Bowl and maybe bringing home their second Lombardi in five years. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, as we've made clear throughout our few episodes we've done already, we're not afraid to to jump the gun a little bit, right? Like, we're not afraid no. to celebrate or talk about a championship. Like, we're not playing the games. We're just fans. And I think we're allowed to, allowed to be excited. And there's really no reason. Like, obviously – you know, special teams kind of sucks. We could, you know, T bad. I'm comfortable to say bad. Yeah. They're terrible. 
Our run defense was a little sketchy. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, especially A.J. Dillon, gashed us. I'm pretty sure A.J. Dillon had like eight yards of carry. So, yeah. obviously, that's a problem. But we got Jordan Davis getting worked back into the mix, potentially returning very, very soon within a couple of weeks. You can read about that on thelibertyline.com. And you can also check out a tape breakdown of Reed Blankenship's uh, you know, defensive efforts after C.J. Gardner-Johnson went down. We got a guy... Uh, Matt Marallucci, who also works for Pro Football Focus, doing those tape breakdowns for us over at the Liberty Line. So, uh, yeah, I'm saying he's pretty qualified to uh, to comment on how uh, how good he is. So definitely go check all that out and more. Of course, all of our writings are available as well. But, guys, I mean, so we walk out of this game. Obviously, I'm sure – did you guys leave the link early to beat the traffic? I actually stayed until the last first down. Good man. Good I man. I until the last first I was, down. I, I went with my QB dad, so – yeah, <laughs> you know how dads are. I yeah. saw you leaving uh, the Washington game with your dad at the start, nah, the start of the fourth. Yeah. Oh, it was great when my dad and I left. Actually, we went to beat the traffic, but we couldn't find the fucking car. So <laughs> we <laughs> were just kind of wandering around the parking lot. The people are setting their alarms off everywhere. It was ridiculous. But how I mean, we were all in the building that night. How special was it? I know like 10 and one. We've got 10 wins. Uh, wins are pretty common these days for for Eagles fans but I think last night was really especially in prime time was a special moment for everybody especially with all the history being made just what was it like for you guys being in the building for such a for such a big win such an important win and really a legacy defining uh win for Jalen Hurts at least early in his young career it was electric uh loved it and the crowd was just fantastic there was one drunk guy who was trying to pick a fight by arguing that Joe Montana was a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts for some reason. Uh, he was he was thoroughly shouted down. It, it was fantastic. That was it. I was odd. Yeah, it was it was a weird sure. one. But he he was hammered. So uh, we were all pretty hammered. It, it, yeah, you know, walking out, everybody's elated. Everybody's you know very happy. Uh, I I mean. Honestly, one of the best games I've ever been to as far as atmosphere goes. Yeah, uh, I think that it was just a special night. Watching Jalen Hurts win that game the way he did and watching the Eagles just impose their will on the Packers was fantastic. I never had a doubt they were going to lose. I never had a doubt they were going to win. I never felt like there was a possibility they could lose. and. Early on, it was a little back and forth, but the offense was moving with with such such ferocity that you knew there was nothing that the Packers' defense could do to contain them, and that was fantastic to see. And it, it, you know, just a just really great great experience. Damn right. Yeah, I mean, it's a party. That's how it was, and I honestly, I, I was DDing, so I didn't drink that much i had i had i had one gin and tonic at halftime celebratory gin and tonic i felt like it was you know it it was needed Um, well within your rights on that one yeah yeah so i went with someone who had never been to an eagles game before too so like to see her just entire i don't know reaction to just everything going on like and to see that game like i can't imagine taking someone to their first Eagles game and it being a better experience than what we saw Sunday night. Um, 
from, you know, just the explosiveness on offense, the back and forth nature of the game, um, and just seeing history in the making. And then the cherry on top, and I mentioned at the top of the podcast, Jair Alexander flipping us all off is <laughs> exactly the type of just – if I could get that from every single Eagles game I've I'm, I've ever gone to, like I would leave happy, win or loss. Um, if a fan base can get that into someone else's head, that they feel the need to just flip us the double, not even just one, like to hold the double bird at us for an extent, like for like ten seconds, just fucking letting us have it, feeding into it, you know, as if we aren't already the most raucous, just scumbag people on earth for you to flip us off like maybe it felt maybe it made him feel good in the moment but if you saw his coach actually as soon as he came off the field said something and i would imagine he said something along the lines of look these people are insane and you're just egging them <laughs> on like yeah put your fucking hands down get in the tent get checked out and get the fuck back get out the there and cover aj here. brown which he clearly couldn't really do even no. though aj brown was down seven pounds from throwing up all thanksgiving um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I mean, like I live for that shit. Um, mm. and as, as the Eagles fans, like as, as the fan base, like, you know, when we talk about the Eagles, we always say we, us, right. Like we feel like we're a part of the team. And when you get shit like that, where like you are having like a tangible impact on like what is even happening on the field. Right. Like talk about like people jumping off sides or false starts from crowd noise. But when you can actually get in someone else's head that they're so pissed off that they just start flipping you off. Nothing better. It's, it's a chef's kiss. It was a chef's kiss on the night and it was just beautiful. It was, it was just, it was beautiful. And I know the person I took, she absolutely loved it. Um, didn't have a voice for a couple of days. I didn't have a voice for a couple of days. I didn't even drink and I had a great time. That's how you know it was a great time. Cause I was sober having time in my life, screaming my face off. Oh man. I love Eagles. Mm. I love them. I just love yeah. Eagles football. Dude, it was a, it was a special event. I was in the bleeders with my pops. I was in two ten, and I'm telling time moves slower up there. We're walking to our seats, and I knew we had a banger on our hands before the game even started, because I heard somebody yell, "Run the ball, Andy!" <laughs> and that's how you know that you are amongst you are amongst the trash. You are one with the trash, and that is where I want to be. I want to be down in the muck, yelling about Andy Reid. Uh, 11 years or whatever after he's was let go <laughs> like that was that was such a surreal thing to hear and then of course we had a one Packers fan who was this woman with look if you're gonna scream all game and be on the road by yourself I totally get it I'm all on board but you can't have a, a really annoying voice and this woman had the most grating annoying voice I've ever heard like if I had Barry Manilow cheering for the Packers behind me I probably would have let it slide but uh, this is not who I had behind me. So that was tough. My dad, I, that one was that one was definitely tough. But the one the, the thing I do want to get back to and uh, is that Jair Alexander moment is that uh, Packers players faking injuries so shamelessly to try and slow down the Eagles. Sure, they got called for timeouts, blah, blah, blah. So it didn't really matter. And people calling it cheating is a little over the line. But uh, it was some it was some bum ass shit out of the Green Bay Packers, a hundred percent. And uh, the fact that Jair Alexander got upset that we were doing that, and and I'm sure I'm sure the other shit that he heard while being here in the link, uh, pissing him off. But uh, you know, I, I think it was fully warranted towards the Packers players because they were really just slowing down the flow of the game because they knew they couldn't hang. 
And, uh, and then also the Packers fans on Twitter saying, Yo, go get him, Jair. They're, they're the worst fan base in the world. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Like, I do not give a shit. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, I love it. I love the tears. Num, 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 num. Delicious. Yeah. Fuck these people. I'm going to actually have some more tears right now. This is delightful. He's yeah, pouring it was more funny, champagne. Like, where I was sitting, um, there was... <laughs> There was this this pair of Packers fans right in front of us, and it was like an older dude and then another guy that was probably in his 40s. I'm assuming, you know, father-son from Green Bay. Um, and these dudes, like, this, these were like the typical Packers fans I expect, like, just nice, very, mm-hmm. like, reserved. Like, I think they were there to just absorb, like, what it's like at an Eagles game. Like, they were, like, after Eagles touchdowns, they were, like, on their – phones videotaping the stadium <laughs> like doing the eagles chants and shit and i was like these guys are these guys are sick like, i like these guys those like, people rock and those there were definitely rule. a few like there were you know uh, the, at one point some i don't know 18 year old 19 year old kids stood up in a jordy nelson jersey after they scored and put his hands up and some you know 50 year old behind him told him to sit the fuck down you know yeah i love that too but i also love just the the old fans are going there for the experience, right? Like the Packers aren't shit this year. You know, don't, don't get it on your feelings. Come experience greatness, right? Like come experience what it's like to be an Eagles fan for a little bit. It's pretty fun. You know, people talk a lot of shit on us, but it's pretty damn fun. And I think those two in front of us uh, during Sunday night's game, I think they really took in the moment. And um, I actually got talking to them and they were like, yeah, like, you know, um, they're like, this is, this is a lot louder than we were really expecting. This is this is pretty nuts. I'm like, yeah, that's that's yeah. what happens when you're ten and one in Philly. It, it gets to the point where it is like a party. Everyone's drunk, having a good time. You know, it's just it's just all good vibes, really. It, it, it's funny you should mention that fifty year old yelling at um at that kid to sit down because I had a kid a couple rows in front of me stand up in an Aaron Jones jersey when they had that touchdown called back or something along those lines. Um, and he stands up and I yelled something about like, go sit down, you fucking dickhead. And, uh, <laughs> there's this like 12 year old girl sitting in front of me with her family. And I heard her start to crack up and I was like, yes, yes, this is the start. This is, this is a moment for her, for her to realize like, wait a minute, <laughs> like this is, you can just yell at strangers in public. I didn't know you could do that. And that, that's what, that's what NFL games allow you to do. And uh, it was, I mean, it was just, it was fucking awesome, man, to go out there and beat the Packers. I don't care if it's the lowly Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, who's got a broken thumb and and ribs that are broken. And I, I mean, he's basically a guy who's just playing out of spite. Like he just wants to keep Jordan Love from seeing the field, uh, which is just, just you know, that's yeah. kind of where he's at right now. Am I wrong kind with that? He's move. just kind of a dick kind of a move. Yeah, you know, he's just this this shriveled old drug addict trapped in a K-hole, just clinging on, you know? <laughs> uh, as far as Packers fans' interactions, I the one notable thing that I saw was pretty wild was walking into the stadium. There was a family that was clearly, you know, you know, mob, dad, cheeseheads, and then like a little, a little kid. Couldn't have been older than like seven or eight. A little baby bell cheese. Just this, yeah, yeah, you know? There's this... You know, college kid that just screams at them from a couple of feet away. Go the fuck back to Wisconsin. We don't want you here. I was like, this is a, like, what the hell are you doing? But it was it was fun. I I, I laughed at it in nah, the moment. Yeah, but like in the moment, I'm like, like Jesus Christ. 
It's a little much. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's even funny. Started. Yeah, let's settle down. <laughs> it was funny because, like, the person I brought, I was telling her, like, the whole pregame, you know, like, the whole Packers team runs out. Then they'll announce, like, an Eagles defense or offense. I was like, yeah, when the Packers run out, like, we'll all boo them, and it's fun. And she's like, we, we can do that? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, like, our thing. That's, yeah. like, what we do. Kind of um, the whole vibe. I was like, I was like, yeah, like we're not, we're not very sportsmanlike. Are we gonna cheer? What are we gonna cheer? Yeah, like what? Like, like we're gonna, we're gonna be obnoxiously. We're all gonna clap politely, loud. Yeah, good game. Oh yes, how exciting! Fuck out of here. The game's about to start. Woohoo! Yeah, so we all had a great time at the game, Uh, and like I mentioned, uh, well, first of all, any final thoughts on the Packers game, real quick? Uh, it was remarkable. Uh, and our offensive line is back on top. Took them, you know, you know, they had a little game, maybe a little, you know, time from uh, recording the Christmas album. You know, maybe they took uh, a little yes. too much time doing yes. that, but now they're back and they're, uh, yeah. they bossed it up and down the field. And that was great to see it bodes very well for the coming weeks. Yes, it was, it was absolutely great to see. And I'm glad you brought that up Conway. Cause that's obviously where I was going. Uh, if you've, you know, if you've lived under a rock, you may have missed that the Eagles are dropping a fucking Christmas album this year. And for those who like don't know me personally, I absolutely fucking love Christmas music. Like, I'm not ashamed to say it. I think if you hate Christmas music, you're just you're doing it for attention. Like, I don't I don't believe that you actually hate Christmas music. Um, it's either that or you're just a miserable person. Yeah, you can yeah. pick one. Um, and. If you combine Christmas music with my other favorite thing, which is the Eagles, I mean, I'm obviously going to be fully bought in. And they dropped their first single last Friday. And personally, like, I didn't know what I was like actually getting into. I thought maybe it kind of just will be like a funny thing, like almost like a parody. Um, that shit fucking slaps. And like, I thought I would be able to distinctly tell Jordan Mailata. Well, first of all, it's Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson, and Jason Kelsey who are the main vocalists for all the songs. I thought I would be able to like distinctly separate them because obviously Jordan Mailata is like a great singer. He could be a singer as a profession if he didn't play football. Yeah. Um, but honestly, they all killed it, and it slaps. I listened to it a bunch of fucking times. Listened to it on the way to the game, on the way home, obviously. Um, was surprised they didn't play it. I guess maybe when it gets closer to Christmas, they'll play it in the stadium. I would love that. Um, but overall, I mean, just absolutely slapper of a song. And I can't wait because every Friday from here till Christmas, they're going to release a new single. And obviously, we're going to review every single track. Oh, yeah. And this being the first one, I think they got off to a fucking amazing start. What do you guys think? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this this was a rendition of Christmas uh, in parentheses, baby. Please come home. The classic Christmas tune. Uh, yeah, I mean, I knew Jordan Mailata was going to crush it. Like, that was pretty much, you know, set in stone. He was on The mass Singer. We heard him sing with Jordan Davis, who also has got a set of pipes. A little sad he got boxed out, but I get it. He's the rookie. They These guys were probably talking about it for a while before they got into it. And they're all on the O-line together. But, I mean, Jason Kelsey has a lovely kind of like a deep voice, kind of like a stone. Like He sings like Stone Cold Steve Austin talks. <laughs> like almost like a, like a cross between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Pop Smoke. And then you, and then you go to Lane Johnson, who on the preview of the song uh, that was released on Instagram, we didn't get to hear his vocals. So I'm thinking maybe 
okay, he's going to be the weakest of the three. He might have some features here and there, but, you know, he's kind of along for the ride, having fun. But he comes in with that southern draw, and, I mean, I'm ready to come home for Christmas. Like, I don't know where I'm at, but wherever he's at, I want to go there for Christmas whenever he's singing. And I think they got to give him more time on the track, to be honest, because Mylotta definitely dominated. I think that's going to be the case for most of the songs. Uh, but, you know, I think hopefully I, ho- hopefully we'll hear a more, uh, you know, a little more Kelsey and especially a lot more Lane Johnson uh, as as time goes on, uh, you know, as we get more of these songs. But for a first track, for a little dipping our toes into the Christmas spirit here on November 30th, as we record this, it dropped on the 25th uh, day after Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give it a solid eight, seven out of ten. Uh, I have a feeling that it's only going to go up from there. I, I I really do. And I have a feeling I might look back on this rating and be like, that was so low, you pessimistic fuck. <laughs> but, you know, I got to have some standards somewhere. I, you know, as someone with a slight musical background, I got to have, you know, uh, some discerning taste. But they really hit every beat for me for a Christmas song uh, that I could ever ask for. So if you're not streaming it, check it out. We'll put the link in the description. We would play it here. But uh, copyright. And the last thing we want to do is take money out of the uh, out of these millionaires' pockets. <laughs> so, you know, God fucking forbid. But you know, irregardless, if there's a millionaire, I'm willing to kiss the ass of. It's the three millionaires that protect my other billionaire quarterback. Uh, so yeah, eight, seven out of ten. Frank, what are your thoughts, buddy? I was blown away by how good Kelsey was. Like you, like mm-hmm. it's almost like he's like singing like a I I don't know. Bing Crosby type of crooning that I yes. 100% wasn't expecting from him. Uh, Mylotta just like jumps in and just takes over the track. He's so much like they're good. Don't get me wrong, but man, I, he is so much better than them <laughs> just in terms of yeah. technical skill. Uh, crazy to think this guy, you know, I, I think before we were recording, you said he has the voice of an angel. Hundred percent, yeah. Like it's wild. You angels have the voice of Jordan Mylotta, I think is the actual. Yes, like, they, that's what it's ridiculous. <laughs> Just this this mountain of a man that sounds like it's insane, and the falsetto is remarkable. The high notes, like you see a big motherfucker like that, you expect the more Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, yeah. baritone bass. But this guy's out here hitting. You know, it just it just sounded like, oh my god, I, I'm not even gonna try and replicate it. No, it's it impossible. Horrible, but it's impossible. <laughs> he, well, at least for the three of us, I don't think I don't let, yeah. unless unless Brian's got some pipes he can he can break out here. <laughs> I was I was breaking them out in the shower during when I was listening to this. Like yes, you were like, taking a I've breath. And I was like, is he about to sing? Oh my god. That would be something. That'd be you see that that would the song. that that might break the algorithm. Yeah. We might get some views because of that. That I won't, is. I won't do Honestly, it's something you see. You think, "Oh, this is a fun little novelty album," and you hear that first track. You're like, "Oh shit, no! These guys are like actual singers. Like all all three of them can sing very well." Yeah, my lot on a different level altogether, obviously. But of course, still like being good enough to be on a track with him and not have it be like a laugher, like insane. I. I'm honestly, my mind was kind of blown by it, and I'm looking forward to hearing the hearing the next ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead ahead of you, Ryan. I'm gonna say this is a this is like a this is probably a nine out of ten for me because I was fully expecting it to be kind of a jokey, funny thing, and I heard it, and I was like, holy shit! 
they put like a lot of serious effort into this. It's a it's a real recording. You could hear this come on the radio. You could hear this on, you know, one of those uh, soft rock stations that changes their format to all Christmas music, and it wouldn't feel out of place at all. It's oh no, yeah, it's very good, and honestly, far better than it has any right to be. Given that it's three offensive linemen for the Philadelphia Eagles singing Christmas songs, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome, and like honestly, from the moment you turn it on, like we talked a lot about obviously the guy singing and they all killed it but like the production quality i was like as soon as you turn on you're like oh they, they're putting at like they have a real production crew yeah. behind this like and you can tell from like the snippets and videos they've been posting like they have a legitimate studio production crew all behind this thing and it's like like they're going all out and that's how you got to do it like look it is kind of funny that they're doing that but i i would have been disappointed if they kind of went with like no one really expects this to be anything, so we're just not going to really put effort into it. And it was kind of just a cash grab. Like, look, these dudes, I mean, they put it all on the field. They put it all on the track. I mean, I guess that's just the way of the Eagles, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Shit. I- I'm hoping, like, I don't know if they're going to do this, but I hope that they do have, like, special features here and there. Like, if they have Jordan, if they can throw Jordan Davis in there, like, him and him and Mylotta, like, if they can get Jordan Davis and Mylotta to do – Baby, it's cold outside as a duet. <laughs> like that would oh be my God. that would fucking kill me. And that would be a ten out of ten without me even listening to the track. I, I would know have it's a ten to. out of ten. I would know. Yeah, dude. That wow. That would dude, that's you should perfect. be on their PR team. You should be in the mix with this album. I, Tell me that wouldn't be beautiful. That would be the most beautiful I was it thinking I was thinking they would who, wait, wait, who sings the who who sings the female part? Who sings that? I mean, I don't want to establish binary um, roles to these, to these my lotta. here, but Look, my lotta can hit the hot lotta, notes. Absolutely. He, my lot of can't hit the high notes. I know Jordan Davis got some pipes on him, but I've never seen him hit those high notes quite like my lot of. So, yeah. And I don't think my lot of, my lot of have any issue with that. Oh, right no. Now. He no. would go in there and he'd crush it immediately. He wouldn't even yeah. bat an he's eye. He's a pro. I mean, didn't they? Um, he's, an, he's a consummate professional. Exactly. He is. He is. But then they do like a, they did like a, a duet like at the link. Like, right, was duet. it right before the season started? It and was, it was I, a girl and a guy song, right? Like, wasn't it? It was, it was Let Me Love You. By Mario, by oh Mario, yeah, which yeah. my which my college acapella group did, and it was a banger. Oh, but oh, it, yeah. it was, but that was ten times better than anything any rendition I've heard. Sorry, Mario, sorry, yeah. you would wasted no, your I'm time. Sorry. Thanks for putting yeah. pen to paper and making that happen. But Jordan Davis and and Jordan Mylotta, the two Jordans, have uh, have eclipsed you, and and that's yeah. okay. You know, that's, like if I just if I go into a song and I just see feet jordan davis on any of them like i'm gonna be so fucking i'm gonna lose my mind (laughs) i'm gonna lose my mind so like i guess for this first one i'm probably gonna go uh i'll probably go you know i'll go in middle ground you guys i'll go 8.8 just because (laughs) like it's not it's not my like that like the rendition of the christmas song they did like that's not my favorite christmas song like right i really hope they do uh, Feliz Navidad. I hope they do that because that would just be. I want to hear them sing in Spanish. That would be just amazing. I would lose my. Um, and obviously, like Jingle Bell Rock and all the classics. Like, you know, they they might as well just do the Mariah Carey one too. Um, and that's not like I don't know if you guys ever knew this. Like, this is random, but like that Mariah Carey song is not a rendition of any other song. It's just a Mariah Carey yeah. Christmas song. Yeah. So like, I hope they just fucking 
do a rendition of that. Like that would be beautiful. Have Mariah Carey feature on the song. Like I, her, her, and I would like to see who's a better singer, her or Jordan Mylata. Like let's just fucking figure. Put him to the test. Absolutely. I mean, she is. I, and I said this in my, uh, you know, my little preview article before the first single drop. Mariah Carey is the queen of Christmas. There's no question about that. But Jordan Mylata, Lane Johnson, and Jason Kelsey are our three wise men. That is 100% the case. And uh, I mean, th- and they have the they have a guy from the War on Drugs doing the production too. Like this is a serious production. They're going out there. They're letting it all hang out. And, you know, I, I can't thank them enough for the service they're doing in the Philadelphia area. I just wish people around the country could understand how beautiful and magical the situation is. Like, But I just don't think they can ever truly grasp or appreciate it. Because, sure, they could have three of their offensive linemen make a Christmas album, but they're not Jordan, uh, Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey, and uh, Lane Johnson. I mean, those are three of the most interesting, funny, charismatic, awesome people and probably like maybe the three best offensive linemen in football that's a joke mostly but like it's the three of them and then trent williams is in the middle in there somewhere but i mean seriously i mean the 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 town the intersection of football and vocal talent is ridiculous when it comes to these three guys so go stream it go buy it i'm pretty sure it's actually sold out already i'm sure i'm sure it's for a good cause but uh Fuck yeah. I'm so excited. I do like, like Brian said, I love Christmas music. I'm so ready for it. And these are three of the the keystone guys in this Eagles locker room. I'm assuming making banger after banger. So stay tuned. The day of reckoning will come. I would (laughs) just love the songs will drop. I would just love for one day, you know, this, this takes off and in some, you know, in some pickup truck outside Dallas, the song comes on the radio and and it just completely entrances the guy driving and he's singing along with it. And then he realizes that it's the Eagles, three offensive linemen that he's loving the songs of so much. And he just drives right off a fucking cliff. Yeah. Just that would be fantastic. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really anticipating. I really don't the... want that to happen, by the way. That was just a dark joke. Yeah. We're just... Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> If people don't, cut people it, don't cut, understand cut that, cut that, cut it, cut it. Um, it's on them. But my, I, like, I am very much anticipating the post-game videos of the Eagles locker room following the Christmas Eve game against Dallas when they are all bumping a Philly special Christmas. Like that's that's gonna happen. They right? will. Like that's that's the the Eagles PR team is literally being handed a complete layup with that one. Like. You can't not post them after kicking the shit out of Dallas on Christmas Eve and not bumping a Philly special Christmas in the locker room. Like that's that's obviously gonna happen, right? Like that I can't that's yeah. that's like two fucking it's like one plus one equals two there. You know, it's too simple for them to just like not do that. You so. cannot fuck this up. Like it is no, so you can't. it's easy and simple. To. Yeah. Uh it's it's you know, I mean, I feel like I feel like that pretty much sums it up. We we love it. We're going to continue to love it, and uh, you all should too. Go ahead, obviously, stream that in the description and all that. But before we get into uh, you know uh, some other topics, I do want to talk to you guys about this Titans game because, I mean, in many ways, this is a revenge game, uh, at least for me. The last time we played the Titans hurt my soul, hurt my body and my soul. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you know coming out and, and kicking the shit out of them. Uh, in whatever uh, you know manner we go ahead and do it, especially I don't know exactly 
when Jordan Davis is slated to return. I know that we he have can that return available. as early as this week. He, like he can is return, eligible. He's eligible to return. So we will see if he does. Then that then Derrick Henry's fucked because not only then do we have Jordan Davis, we have these other two veteran defensive tackles that we've signed in Linville Joseph and Adamakun Sue. Plus Javon Hargrave finally being allowed to more focus on the pass rushing role that he fills so well. Obviously he's good against the run, but uh, you know, we, he can't do it all by himself. So it's good now that uh, kind of hopefully our defensive core will be coming back together along with these top pieces and uh, beyond that, I've, I, I mean, obviously, I, I've never felt like any game we've had this year so far would be a loss. And I don't really feel that way now. Is that stupid? I don't really think so. No, I think you're right. I, I think that I would love to see A.J. Brown come out and just have a monster game against them. Uh, and, yeah, if, if we can get Jordan Davis back, even just for a couple of plays, even if he's on a pitch count, just spelling the older veterans would be huge. I, I think that part of the reason why you saw some of the uh, some of the effectiveness of the Packers run last week was because you know these are guys tires don't have much tread left on them, and they were out there a lot against the Colts, and you know they they did a really good job stopping Jonathan Taylor. It's going to be a lot to ask them to you know to, to stop the Titans' run attack. Having him back would be huge, and I really would love to see A.J. Brown just come out and just destroy the Titans. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the lead of the game, right? It's an A.J. Brown revenge game. Um, and he has, you know, obviously he's still been pretty solid over the past couple of weeks, but kind of since the Washington game, he's had just some costly just costly plays, right? He had fumble against Indianapolis that almost cost him the game. He had a stupid fumble against Green Bay where they returned it all the way to like the 15 yard line. Um, I would love, and like we mentioned, like he was fucking throwing up the whole week prior to last week's game. So like give him a bit of a pass there. He still caught a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no reason he shouldn't dominate this Titans team because when you look at their defense, like, they're very good up front, right? They have it's going to be strength against strength with our offensive line, their defensive line for sure. They're pretty damn good at stopping the run. They're top five in the league, but as far as pass defense, their cornerbacks are are very very lackluster. I know they have a second round rookie starting on the outside, Roger McCreary, and then Christian Fulton, who was a second or third round pick a couple of years ago, starts on the other side. And neither of these guys are are world beaters by any means. They both let up. I think four touchdowns apiece this season. They were picked apart by Joe Burrow and that passing attack last week without Jamar Chase. T. Higgins was having a field day. Um, so I really think not only should A.J. Brown be able to dominate this team, uh, so should Devontae Smith. And shout out our boy Quez Watkins, who has been pretty damn good as of late. Two touchdowns in as many weeks. Had a, uh, And Conway mentioned it, the – the uh, go-ahead touchdown at the end of the first half to give us the lead going into halftime. Um, you know, like, obviously, we're at our best when we can run the football. Um, but there's no reason to doubt us passing the ball, right? Like, we just run it because that's kind of our biggest strength. But it's not like passing the ball is a weakness for us, right? Um, Jalen Hurts has proved time and time again that he can pick apart defense this year. Um, and he's picked apart better pass defenses than the one we're going to see this weekend. Um, so, 
Yeah. I mean, there's really, for me, it's like, it's an AJ Brown game. Um, maybe we end up getting our tight ends involved. Who the fuck knows? But as far as I'm concerned, like, you don't even really need to in this game because you have a, a Brown and Devontae Smith going against two young corners who are pretty subpar right now. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like, you just look at the entire Titans team as a whole and, like, if you take Derrick Henry out of the equation, what is this team? Like a three, four win team, honestly? Yeah. They're not that good overall, right? They're just no. not that good. Even when you look at them offensively, you would think because they run the ball as much as they do and they run it effectively that they would have a good offensive line. They don't. Taylor Lewan's out for the year. They have a rookie starting out right tackle that's not very good. Um and last week against um, against Cincinnati, Cincinnati held held Derrick Henry to 38 yards on the ground on like 17 attempts. Like, like people want to act like this Tennessee rushing attack is just, you know, uh, Zeus coming down from the heavens and and playing football, but it, it can be exposed. And I would say our front seven is a little bit better than Cincinnati's. I, I don't want to disrespect Cincinnati at all because they have a good front seven as well. But you know, you just take Derrick Henry out of the equation. Look, I'm not worried about Robert Woods or Traylon Burks. I'm not worried about Ryan Tannehill. Like I said, their offensive line isn't very good. Um, I think if you build a cushion, build a lead, you're able to get after Tannehill against those subpar tackles with our pass rushers, it's game over, right? Like You just have to take the whole running aspect out of the equation. And it's a tough ask. I'm not saying it's not going to be – I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but, you know, I I think the Eagles are still well-equipped to – you know, put a beat down on this Tennessee team. Yeah, absolutely. I I think if you're, if you're the best team in the conference, which I think the Eagles are, then you should be able to beat one of the subpar teams in the opposing conference. So it, it shouldn't be an issue. And the AFC in general is just so much weaker than the NFC this year that it really shouldn't be an issue for them to handle this Titans team and I mean yeah you know Ryan Tan- are, are you staying up at night worried about Ryan Tannehill what he's gonna do like I don't think so so no yeah yeah absolutely when here's the thing when it comes to say comparing our front seven to the Bengals I think yeah I think we have a slight edge but with if Jordan Davis does return I mean this guy like there's a reason our run defense went to shit as soon as he got hurt. I mean, he is the preeminent run stopper on this team. He's a top interior lineman at stopping the run in the NFL right now. As soon as he touched a football field, I'll say this every episode until he comes back. And I'll say it every episode after he proves it, because if he comes back against the Tennessee Titans, he's going to make Derrick Henry look like a bitch. He is. He's just so much bigger than Derrick Henry. He's so much better than pretty much any other defensive tackle. It's clocking those holes. It's ridiculous. Now, if we don't have him, it's going to be more difficult to take the run out of the equation. Because, I mean, hey, stop Derrick Henry. Fuck yeah. I mean, that's pretty much every team's game plan. But uh, most people struggle to do that. And I do think that having those older guys like uh, Linville Joseph and Nanami Kinsu playing too many, uh, you know, snaps in general is going to be a problem. It's going to be like that Birds team a few years ago with like Haloti and Gata and those old guys that we, you know, that were ring chasers trying to, you know, get on board of the, you know, the post Super Bowl hype train and they just couldn't hang. And that was the problem was that, sure, we had Fletcher Cox, but, you know, we had other guys that 
you know, weren't really exactly that good around him, especially now with Fletcher Cox not being at the top of, you know, at the, at the height of his powers. Jordan Davis is going to be that guy. And if he comes in, you know, we win by 30. He doesn't, we win by 10. That's pretty, that's pretty much, that's pretty much <laughs> it right there. I mean, really, like seriously, <clears throat> partially not only because, I mean, we're going to blow him out regardless. It, it, it's never going to feel particularly close whether or not he plays, but being able to then shut down them having long drives, running the ball, et cetera. If we can just stop giving up four yards of carry every time a running back touches the ball, like we're going to win all these games by way more points because we're going to have the ball for a lot longer. We're going to have the ball a lot more times. So I'm comfortable. I'm, no shit, I'm comfortable. Uh, and I, I think we all are. And I think a, a pretty solid prediction for this game, I'm going to go over 30 points. I'm going to go probably 34 you see, 34 to 34 to 19. Kind of an interesting little stat line right there. But if I hit that, if, if, if you put money on that, a, a DraftKings Sportsbook using the, the code Liberty line, you're going to win a lot of money. Say that much. <laughs> yeah, I just, <clears throat> before I give my prediction, I do want to say, like, with Jordan Davis, um, I don't think we should write him in as he's going to play this week. No. Like I really don't like, honestly, I'd be shocked if he plays uh, as soon as Sunday, um, you know, he suffered a high ankle sprain, which is already, you know, tough enough to deal with for any player, let alone a guy who's six foot five, 360 pounds, right? <laughs> like that, that type of injury is the injury that will linger all season long. If it's not fully healed. And like, truth be told, it probably won't be fully healed until the off season. But, um, like for him to come back in just four weeks time would be pretty remarkable for a guy of his size. So I just want to, you know, no, yeah, absolutely. No, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up and saying Jordan Davis is going to be back this week. I don't no. think we, any of us really even said that, but still like, it's, I wouldn't... it's good to be very clear about that because yeah. I don't want anybody in the comments going, you guys fucking said this. Yeah. Like, dude, we've had this even... podcast for three weeks. Relax. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. even if he, and, and to be clear, even if he was, you know, able to come back, it would be in an extremely, extremely limited capacity. So I, I, I lean more towards what you're thinking, Brian. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think he's going to come back this week. And honestly. his role was already pretty limited, at yeah. least in terms of snap counts. I mean, you take a look at him throughout the year; uh, he wasn't seeing the field all that often, which you know was a mistake when he was fully healthy. He should, he should have been seeing the field more. But even in that limited time, we know what he can do. So I'm not, especially now that we have these other guys to rotate in. If he comes back, obviously, probably not this week. If he does, that'd be fucking so sick. That'd be so dope. But probably not. But in the future, when we do have him, potentially, I mean, not potentially, come playoff time, it's going to be so great to have him be able to come in. Even if he's not, even if he's at 80%, the fact that we now have these rotational guys in that same vein as 2017, where regardless of who's on the field, as long as we know that they're not gassed and they haven't played too many snaps, we're confident in their ability to do their jobs. And that's what I think is most important. And, and Absolutely. if Jordan Absolutely. Davis isn't on the field this Sunday, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to stop the run. Absolutely. Because we saw it against the Packers. We got absolutely fucking shredded. Uh, and we're just, we're, we're fortunate that, uh, you know, it didn't get out of hand in that respect. And we managed to kind of batten down the hatches as the game went on. But absolutely. If we are able to get these guys all rotated, keep them fresh in the same vein of that 2017 team, 
I love the point two. Everyone loves the point two at, I mean, that was the pinnacle of a defensive line right there. Truly it was. And uh, if we can even get to 80% of that with an 80% Jordan Davis, I'm a lot more comfortable with our chances of winning any football game against anybody you put against us. Yeah, absolutely. Like regardless if he plays this week, like you said, not really worried. Like Mm -hmm. I just kind of feel like every game is going to be a win. (laughs) Why? Um, That's crazy. This is fucking nuts to say, but it's true. This is how it is right now. Um, But in saying that, like, I do think this game will be relatively close. Um, Like, you know, I have kind of shit on the Titans this whole podcast, but look, they're well coached. They're fundamentally sound. Like, they do have that old school, right? Mike Vrabel's their head coach. Like, they have that Bill Belichick in type of just aura about them. Like, do your job, fucking put your nose down, work type of attitude. And, like, in a certain extent, I, I respect that. Um, so I don't think this game will be super high scoring because I do think Tennessee's defense is pretty solid, even though I think AJ Brown could potentially go off him or Devonte Smith. So with my final score, obviously I'm going Eagles, uh, and I'm going to say 24 to 17. So touchdown win, pretty, pretty standard final score. But, um, I mean, Tennessee has held a lot of good offenses to, you know, under 30, uh, Kansas city, I think scored 20 on them. Um, Cincinnati last week just scored 20 on them. Um, so, you know, I think 20 is really the magic number. Cause I just don't think Tennessee's offense is that potent. Obviously Derek Henry is, but outside of that, they don't really have much to work with. So I think 24, 17 final Eagles moved 11 and one. What say you Frank? I'm saying it is a one score game. Honestly, uh, Again, it comes down to the coaching staff with the Titans. I I really do. I I like Vrabel as a coach. I think that, yeah, I I could see it being 23-16, something like that. And I think that it's funny that every other week that we've gone extremely ridiculously high. And then this week, Ryan's in the opposite boat. (laughs) Yeah, like, what the fuck, guys? Like, Jesus Christ. I, I'm done. I'm not going first anymore. I'm done. I, I'm taking a week off going first. I'm not doing it. It just sets me up to look like a jackass. I'll go week. first I, next week. I don't think I've week. ever been right. Thank you, Frank. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to absolutely hold you to that. Yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to underestimate the Titans uh, too much. They are, they are very mediocre this year, but... I still think that, you know, I, I could I could see this being a closer game than we think it should be. I could also see it being a game that, you know, is made close by a late score by them. So yeah, that's uh, that, that's my feeling on it. It's a, like a kind yeah. of a Christian Watson garbage time touchdown that has everyone jerking off Jordan Love. Like like kinda like one of those. Yeah, one of those types of ones. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe Malik Willis will come in and toss a bomb to fucking Traylon Burks or some shit, you know. Traylon Burks, um, AJ something Brown wacky will happen. Traylon Burks, yeah, like this is a, yeah. That's how good AJ Brown is. Is he could cover Traylon Burks and he doesn't even he's never done it in his life. That's, yeah. that's just I mean, I'm, I'm fully at. on board with the AJ Brown revenge game though. Yes, I really dude. Do think you know it's been a couple weeks since we've seen like I think that Pittsburgh game right like right was it yeah right after the bye week three touchdown performance. Absolutely just fucking dropped his nuts on Pittsburgh. And I think he can do the same against this pretty subpar Tennessee secondary. And 
I'm sure he'll receive uh, very hateful DMs uh, the following day sure. from Titans fans. Uh, part of me wishes the game was in Tennessee just so he could, you know, drop his nuts in front of all those fans. And that just would let be really know, special. Hey, hey. And the, the best part about it is, like, you know, we kind of talked about how they don't really have anyone outside Derrick Henry. Um, they just let that guy walk out of the building, you know. Like, they they sent him out of the he building. He wanted to they stay. Like, he didn't even want to leave. Yeah. They just didn't want to pay him. He just wanted his money. You just got to pay the man. Vrabel looked pay like he was going to throw up when they announced the trade. It was crazy. Pay the I top five. I threw up and, when we got him. Dude. So I can only imagine what happens if you sent him off. You know you what I mean? First round picking to AJ Brown. What the fuck? Like, what the yeah. fuck was this draft? I, I mean, truly, we got Jordan uh, Davis and then we got AJ Brown. That, that was our first round. It was beautiful. Oh, but my God. I don't know. As, as every single week, we all predicted a win, which is, you know, that's just how it's always been. It's how it probably always will be. Yeah. Unless we're just somehow fall off a cliff. Um, but before we close out this episode, we talked a lot about like the 2017 team, right? Like oh, yeah. kind of the energy that kind of feels like it's emanating from this team as well. Um, and two Eagles that were on that 2017 team within the past couple weeks have kind of hinted out that, you know, if Howie gave them a call, maybe, maybe just maybe they come off the couch and, you know, help this team win another Super Bowl. And of course I'm talking about Darren Sproles, who was on Kay Adams show and mentioned, Hey, you know, I can give this team a playoff run if they really need me. Um, and then Malcolm Jenkins just last week, um, kind of ironically, right before the CJ Gardner Johnson uh, injury said, you know, I don't think this team needs me, but, you know, I could give them a playoff run. And if you remember just as early as last season, the Rams did that same shit with Eric Weddle. They got him off the bench or they got him off the couch. They got him out of retirement. And they said, hey, give us a playoff run. And the dude ended up playing every single snap in the a in the NFC Championship game and every single snap in the Super Bowl and had an impact. So I just want to ask you guys, like, who knows if this even happens? It's kind of just like an Eagles fan wet dream to have either of these guys back, honestly. And it would be, it would be weird. It would be weird to see them back. But... If you had to choose Darren Sproles or Malcolm Jenkins to come back and suit up for the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles, which guy are you going with? Darren Sproles. I our our kick return game has been so anemic and it's just been terrible. Getting into the playoffs, field position so damn important. You know, Darren Sproles had a history of of injuries towards the end there, but if we only need him, we only need him for six, eight weeks. Come on, like give him a shot. I, I've seen what happens when the Eagles bring in an old safety that has lost a step. Uh, that's anybody that was a, that was a fan of the 2003 Eagles or 2002, 2003 Eagles remembers what happens when that happens uh it's it could be disastrous with blown coverage i would rather have a kick return specialist like darren sproles because i gotta believe that he could make something happen and right now we got a guy back there just can't make anything happen. He don't, I, he doesn't fumble the ball. Thank God. I shouldn't have said that. He's gonna fumble the ball on Sunday now. Oh yeah, you totally fucked. He's us. gonna muff one. He's gonna muff one real bad. Uh, yeah, I said that, <laughs> but you know, man, give me something on the return game. It's just been so bad. 
So that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I'm 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 torn. I'm t- I, like I just listened to a very good answer from Frank, and I'm still on the fence. Part of me wants to go Malcolm Jenkins, obviously, just because of that leadership and that energy that he can bring. And I mean, like that guy was a key 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 player. Knows how to lay big hits and big moments. No offense to Brandon Cooks, but that's just that's the kind of guy Malcolm Jenkins is. But when it comes to straight football, when it comes to on the field, it's hard not to go with Darren Sproles because of everything that Frank just said. I mean, we can't, I mean, wherever the the ball lands on a punt is where we're fucking starting from at this point. We got, we we got the guy fair catching inside the five, but letting it bounce over, like over his head on the 20. Like this guy does not know what he's doing. Our, our special teams coach needs to go to the gulag. Like it's ridiculous. He just should not be involved in anything relating to this organization. And it's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing, especially because I mean, I mean, Devin Allen could have had a roster spot, but uh, we got fucking Britton Covey taking punts back. I mean, is like, what the fuck is he even doing? And, and I do love how Sirianni said, I want to see Devonte Smith take back punts when we need a spark. We've had some fucking moments where we've needed a spark <laughs> and Britton Covey's still fucking back there. So anything to get that guy off my screen as cool of a guy, he's such a nice guy, you know, sweetheart, good dude, love him to death. Hope he, you know, has a great career. But there is a point where it's just got where we're, I'm banging my head against the wall. And and so it, it, with that long-winded tirade <clears throat> where I mentioned eight other players, I'll probably have to go with Darren Sproles. Yeah. So I mean, I probably would go with Sproles too, but let me make the argument for Malcolm Please, Jenkins because I think there's still is, I I think there is an argument to be had there. So Look, Sproles retired in 2018. It's yeah. been four years since he's been on an NFL football field. The dude's 39 years old. Like, I think maybe, that, like, granted, he dealt with a lot of injuries at the end of his career, so maybe the time off to get his body right would suit him well. I think it's way more realistic that they actually would consider Malcolm Jenkins because, first of all, he's 34. He's six. He's was yeah five years younger than Darren Sproles. He played just last year, and we can't forget this. He played with C.J. Gardner-Johnson in New Orleans, so they have some type of chemistry there, and I don't think he would really be stepping on anyone's toes if he came here. Um, And personally, look, we talked a lot about run defense. I think Malcolm Jenkins is more of a box safety at this point in his career anyway. Um, And as someone who, like, you know, we talked about we we hyped up Reed Blankenship, and while I would love to see him play a little bit more, who the fuck's behind him? You know, who who is behind like Kayvon Wallace? I'm not really sold. No, Andre Sushir. I mean, he's a special teams guy. Malcolm Jenkins has um, camaraderie in this locker room, um, and if you bring like, I I've heard some people make the argument that he's such a strong leader that it would almost mess with the chemistry of the team, which I just I. Don't even that doesn't even that sounds stupid in my brain Um, because I think the way this team is set up, Jalen Hurts would be completely open to bringing in a guy like Malcolm Jenkins. Right. Like a lot of speculation when Jenkins left was they're trying to turn the keys over to Carson Wentz. I don't think Jalen Hurts is that type of big baby. Right. Like he can handle another alpha in the room and not become uh, a shell of his former self. Um and look, I mean, he's played with a bunch of guys on that defense. All right. I mentioned Gardner Johnson, New Orleans, obviously Fletch, BG, TJ Edwards. Um, and I just think he's just the type of guy that 
look, I mean, you. I think this team is just the locker room, the way it's set up. They're they're equipped to handle any kind of personality that comes in there. Absolutely. And Jenkins is obviously like, I mean, talk about big personality. Sometimes it has a negative connotation. It obviously doesn't with Jenkins. I mean, he's just a well-rounded dude, well-liked all around the league. I mean, just a great guy on and off the field, like nothing but respect for him. And I think his role as a box safety here, not only would it be nice to just have another guy that can play in that role, but, the Eagles need help against the run. And I think that would probably be his biggest strength at this point. And I think you could even play him on the field when CJ Garner Johnson gets back. Cause you have Johnson and Epps in the back end. And then you could have Jenkins kind of just roaming around doing, you know, being essentially what he was when he was here, a Swiss army knife who could just play all over the field and be effective. And I don't think like, like I said, he played just last year. He's never been injured. I mean, he started all 16 games last year. He started, like, every single fucking game for us, even when we were down to, like, you know, fucking uh, Michael Jaquette in our secondary. Jenkins was still out there starting. (laughs) So the kid, the dude's an Iron Man. I think the time off may have actually suited his body even better. And obviously, he's still in football shape. And the dude loves Philly. I mean, we all know he loves Philly. I think if Howie Roseman gave him a call, I don't think he would be able to say no. And, um, so yeah, there's my argument for Malcolm Jenkins. That's a fucking good How'd argument. That's that a is a very good argument. It's yeah. a it yeah. makes more sense. It does. I also it didn't does. realize Sproles would be sick because of return game. Like, don't get me wrong, I would fucking die to see a Darren Sproles kickoff return, and I'd fucking I'd probably pass out from excitement. But I guess like I was thinking, like just because we were at the game Sunday and like you like they were announcing the defense, right? And like usually it's like they announced Fletcher Cox last, right? They usually announce the big hitters at the end, like. Oh man, just imagine Malcolm Jenkins coming out of the tunnel. Like, oh, the he was that guy, right? Like, I love BG, I love Cox, but like Malcolm Jenkins coming out of that tunnel in the fucking white smoke, like that fucking stadium would lose their fucking mind, and it would just be, it would just be sick. It would just be fucking sick because I think he's still probably good at football. Like, you know, he hasn't like it hasn't even been a calendar year since he's stepped on a football field. So I still think he could come in and like. You know, I still think he would be able to learn the defense relatively quickly for the role that he had to play. So, yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, come home. I'm, hey man, I'm all for it. Either way, I I wouldn't mind. I mean, yeah, I I get a notification on my phone either way. I'm like, (laughs) cool, awesome. My whole thing is, you know, I, I don't know. I think you guys are maybe a little bit too young to vividly remember. The slowest receiver in the world, Joe Jaravicious, just blowing past Blaine Bishop in the 2003 NFC yeah, Championship a game. A young that is yeah. burned into my mind. So anytime anybody talks about bringing an old safety that can really help with the run game, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, oh, so no. that that just. But at the same point, yeah, we don't have anybody. We're we're down to the bare bones at this point. So. I'd be happy to get Malcolm Jenkins back. Don't get me wrong. Don't kill anybody. And the thing is about Jenkins, like if you guys remember, the dude played special teams while he was here. So, like, are you saying he'd return fuck, kicks I, for us? No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> like, I mean, look, we saw what, what the Packers had like what three kickoff returns to the fucking fifty yard what line. What the yeah, fuck was, was that? It was bad. It was like, real bad. Like that dude, like as a gunner, like he was like that's the type of dude he is. He fucking played every single snap that he could on the, on the field. And like, I don't think he would even be opposed to taking that role. Like if they had to cut Sushir or put him back on the practice squad, a, you know, a perennial 
special teams guy, I don't think Jenkins would be like, no, I'm not playing special teams. I think he would probably welcome it and just do do what he does, right? Like, he's just, you know, mm-hmm. fucking love the guy. Absolutely. I, I think, like, you know, obviously he probably isn't the best cover guy anymore, which is why I'm saying, like, I think putting him in as a box guy in nickel situations, right, when you're – you're playing either like who would you rather have out there, Isaiah Scott or Jenkins in the nickel, right? Not if there. Maddox is injured, Not yeah, like I'd still yeah. have, I'd still rather have Jenkins. Like, yeah, that's just how it is. Thank God Josiah Scott can catch because if he if he would have dropped that interception, <laughs> he would have no redeemable qualities as a football <laughs> yeah, player. That would be terrible. Real quick, I know we're uh, about to end it off here, but I just just a quick yay or nay question: black helmets, yay or nay? I like them. Yeah, I didn't really even notice the difference, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was it's like, cool. So close to Midnight Green. Midnight it's Green's already yeah. so damn dark. I already thought, to be honest, I think the Midnight Green kind of tied the look together a little bit better. If I can be I, honest, if you want to put me in a box and, and spray me with a fire hose, feel free. I would but love I, to see I, white helmets. Right. Let's do. Let's white. go back. Let's let's go back in time to the worst era of Eagles football, the early 1970s. Do white helmets with green wings. Oh my god. That would be Bring amazing. Them back. Bring Let's them do it. Back. That would or like be unreal. silver. Like chrome silver. Yo, silver would be awesome. Too. How about like like just silver and then maybe blue wings? Blue <laughs> just just jack the like cowboy the, like the style. You know? Look, right? Just like take the their yellow, whole the just steal it from them. The but act like we didn't do it. Yeah. I think wearing like if it if they would have unveiled like the whole all black look with the black helmets it would have been so much cooler but obviously yeah. we've had the full black unis for so long now. oh yeah i actually think the black helmet white jersey black pants look would be pretty slick. it might pop more honestly, than it, it, i think I that'd think be better pop. yeah I think that'd be a yeah. lot better to be honest with you just just my two cents i know everyone you know everyone creamed their jeans over the fucking black jerseys with the black helmet and I was watching it in the stadium. I'm like, maybe I can't appreciate it. So I got home and I watched the highlights. I'm like, it's a fucking, I don't know. Like, it looks exactly the same. I, I haven't been able to tell from the entire time. Since they announced <laughs> it, they showed the image and everybody was like, oh, this is amazing. I, was, I don't know. Whoa, Kinda. it's a black helmet. Oh. I'm like, dude, give me Kelly Green. I don't fucking care about the black helmet. I, I, I really do want to see the white helmet. White helmet, I think, white would be amazing. White tight. Yeah, we've got a lot of room to play and experiment now with the new helmet rules. So that I'm looking forward yeah. to. But uh, let us know in the comments, in the replies. I'm sure there'll be a TikTok of some kind. You can go comment there at Grease the Polls Pod, Twitter at Grease Polls Pod. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Malcolm Jenkins, Darren Sproles, you know, Black Helmets, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe, maybe if you write a really funny five star review for us on Apple Podcasts about what helmet color you want, we'll read it. I'm not making any goddamn promises. No. But I need more five-star reviews. I need them. What the fuck? We know you're listening to us. Why aren't you reviewing us? I see the numbers. I see it. Every day I check and I go, what the fuck? But whatever. Yeah, we have have a dashboard and we see it all. But, you know, obviously we still appreciate everyone who's listening. Nope. But no. I would appreciate you even more <laughs> if you gave us a review and uh, gave and like Frank said, if you give us a funny response in the 
fucking ratings. Even if you reply to us on Twitter or TikTok, comment on one of our videos, uh, we'll read it. I'm we'll not read. afraid to read your comments. I love say reading something comments. really stupid. I'll still say it because I mean, what else? Like, can you can you even describe a word? saying is smart like i don't even know if you could i wouldn't say like, that we're, we're yeah. basically saying nonsense for an hour and you guys are all listening so i mean <laughs> thank you, you for that <laughs> i'm i'm yeah i mean thank thank you for sticking with us honestly through an hour an hour of just us spewing nonsense but in saying that obviously uh thank you all for listening to another episode of grease the polls find us on apple like frank said spotify wherever you get your shows we're on tiktok twitter at grease polls pod uh, and then obviously libertyline.com is where we have all our written content. You can find our podcast there as well. Uh, get merch, get on the fucking sports book offers. Like we mentioned at the, at the top of the podcast, um, whatever fucking tickles your fancy, you know, whatever tickles. We do fancy, it all here. So. We really cover we it all. We really do. Um, next week, we'll be back to our two-episode format per week. And uh, we'll have, we have a potential guest coming on. I won't spoil that. Yeah, we don't want to. Um, and obviously, we'll get back to back to just talking about whatever the fuck's going on in the world uh potentially more true crime no you guys really 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 got off on that one so you know we got to feed the we got to feed the content machine gotta somehow and that beast. seems to be our ticket at this point um but like i said guys thank you for listening and uh go birds go birds go birds <laughs>